Glad to have everybody here this morning. We appreciate all those that have made it out and have made an effort to come and um, thankful for the lovely sound of just people having a good fellowship this morning. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Um, we desire your prayers this morning. Terry, you know, he asked us to take care of the service, and so we're willing, and um, uh, we just want to do the best we can. So I just want to read this one uh, verse before we get started, and then we'll go to the Lord in prayer. But this is over in John chapter 9. This is Jesus speaking. It says, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. And, uh, you know, when you really break that down and think about it, uh, we've all got a night coming for us. And uh, what an opportunity it is to get up, to breathe, to be able to move and really show our light and be that lighthouse that folks need in our, in our families and in our communities. And uh, I just kind of was pondering on that this morning. I thought, you know, what an opportunity it is. So I'll ask you to stand. We'll go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we're thankful for this day you've given us. We're thankful for the opportunity once again to come into your house and worship you. God, we pray that uh, each and every one of us would find that fire in our heart, God, to serve you, to worship you. Lord, to give you all the glory this morning. God, you've done more for us than we could ever do for you. And we just pray that you'd allow all of us, Lord, just to be able to step out and uh, really give our hearts over to you that we may see our people saved. Uh, God, we've got a lot of lost and a lot that are out, and we just pray that you'd deal with them, put conviction into their hearts this morning. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Turn it over to Sean. Here we are, there's 
for those choir songs. Thankful for what they mean. I'll ask at this time if everybody stand up and we'll uh, ask if anybody has unspoken prayer requests this morning. Remember all those. Anybody have a spoken prayer request? for that one too. Definitely remember the loss this morning.
Anybody else have anything before we go to the Lord in prayer? If not, watch well, Billy to lead us. to ask at this time if anybody has a song or a testimony on their heart. Anybody at all? Anybody got a song at all? Testimony, anything. Pray for Jay. I was thinking when we were taking prayer requests and, and uh, somebody mentioned that there's been a lot of funerals, a lot more funerals coming up. And it, it kind of struck me. It, I'm thankful that when it comes my time to lay there, I can leave a testament behind me that my people won't have to worry about where I'm at anymore. We just had HL's funeral, and, and it was beautiful. Uh, that might sound weird to somebody that don't know the Lord, but when when you know what that person there in that casket had and still has and where they've gone, uh, it's a beautiful thing. If you get yourself out of the way and let God be God, <clears throat> I just want to do what God had me do, and you all pray for me. Sitting in the ashes Desolate alone All that he had Now it was gone But Job said, I know my Redeemer still lives And all that He's taken Once more He will give I will rise from this place Covered with grace Claiming the victory 
tree for the trials I faced. I'm not seeing defeat for he's promised me that he will supply my This trial's been long, my way has grown dim, and I've even wondered just where God has been. But just when it seems that all hope it is gone, He gives me grace and the strength to go on I will rise from this place covered with grace claiming the victory for the trials I've faced I'll not see for he's promised me that he will supply my every need, that he will supply my that song looks like we've got another song pray for them
appreciate that one. Anybody else have a song or testimony? You really pray for us. I, I desire your prayers more today than I ever have. Um, I really, really, really desire them this morning. Um, you know, sometimes when your pastor's gone and a lot of other folks are gone, it, it kind of gets on you a little bit. So really, really pray for me. I want to do exactly what God wants. Nothing more, nothing less. Um, when I was sitting there this morning reading, I th kept thinking about some of the folks that are here this morning. And uh, my heart's desire is that God would get me out of the way enough to where you could see the cross, not Jordan, but the cross, and that He would talk to you enough to where you could find a spot to get saved. And um, that's my heart's desire this morning. Um, I've, not, I've not got anything new. Um, there's never been anything new preached out of this Bible since it was written. It's the same story over and over again. Jesus Christ and His love and what He had for us. So you pray. I'd like to really uh, just uh, kind of feel my way through this. God's uh, blessed me to study it a little bit. And um, I'll be reading out of Joshua. And um, I was teasing last night. I told Dad, I said, unless something changes, I'll be in Joshua, I guess, tomorrow. And um, I've not been able to get that off my mind and my heart. So that's what we'll be today. Um, now, I, I'm not exactly sure where all we'll go. Um, I might just read a few spots, but... Um, What's on my mind this morning is uh, um, how Joshua lived his life, uh, what Joshua's priorities were, and how God blessed Joshua for it. And, um, you know, it seems like there's a lot of things that uh, go on day to day that uh, we can kind of get our eyes stuck on. We can uh, kind of take hold of and lose a lot of time in the day. And um, I just kind of want to touch on that a little bit this morning. And uh, I know especially for me it's easy for you know, my hands and my eyes and uh, to get on things that uh, ought not, you know, even be messing with. Uh, sometimes it's work. Sometimes it's, you know, just, uh, you know, hanging out with Henry or maybe it's uh, just little things that uh, I just take away from God. I say, Lord, I just got to take care of this right now. God, I'll, I'll read later. I'll do this later. And um, something I, as I read through the book of Joshua, I noticed was uh, Joshua didn't do those things. Uh, Joshua from the get-go said, God, what do you want from me? God, what do you want me to do? God, what is it that you'd have for us? There was a, a few uh, uh, moments over uh, in Joshua's life that um, I kind of want to touch on. and um, Some of these are, uh, most of them are real good, but there's one in particular that's a struggle for Joshua. And uh, I kind of want to touch on that a little bit too. But uh, you really pray this morning. I just, I just really want to do exactly what God have us to do. And uh, I might just do this. This is how I feel led. I'll give you a little background. So Moses has just died. Joshua's taken over as leader. God's called to him, told him, Joshua, this is what I want you to do. And uh, Joshua, without a shadow of doubt, he said, okay, what do you want? And uh, I love it because... You've got to be willing if you want to get blessed. If you want to live a life that's worthy of the sacrifice, you've got to be willing. It's really, if you want to be happy, it's not good enough just showing up and sitting in the pew. I'm just being honest with you. I've done it a long time. And uh, I've noticed that when I show up ready, God blesses me for it. And uh, I'm thankful that... When you read through Joshua, it's inspiring because there's a lot of things that happened in Joshua's time, such as when they got to Jordan, he said, I want you to go across over there. That's the land I promised you. That's where I want you to go. And uh, I love it because when you read through that story, he didn't just say, Joshua, get in a boat and go across. God split that water and let them walk across on dry land. It said when the priest stepped out with the Ark of the Covenant, it said they stood on solid rock. In the midst of a muddy river, they stood on solid rock. And, uh, you know, I believe that when they got out there, I'm sure they all started smiling, thinking, wow, the water's rolling back. This is real. This is great. You know, if you follow God, when you get in a moment where God starts moving, you'll start realizing, 
wow, this is a lot better than I thought it was going to be. This is so good. The joy bubbles up. The experience starts taking fold. And when that happens, you can look back and say, God, thank you. Thank you for what you've done for me. And Joshua has that time and time again in his life. If you go through and you read through the book of Joshua, you'll see where God said, I want you to do this. And he does it to the jot and to the tittle. He doesn't leave anything out. He doesn't go and say, well, Lord, I know you told me to do it this way, but I'm just going to do it probably this way because it seems better. It says, and if you read through there, Joshua does everything God asks him to do to the line. And when he does it, God continually blesses him. You can read through here and you can see where he defeated 30 enemies. 30 enemies. I tell you what, we've got generals in the United States government that haven't defeated five. Joshua defeated men who had bigger armies, stronger forces. They had better fortresses. They had better military men. But you know what Joshua had? Joshua had God. And uh, when you've got God, it doesn't matter what Goliath steps out in your life. It doesn't matter how big the opposition is. God can take a mountain and He can flatten it into a plain. Well, I mean, it's, it's as simple as that. Where there's a desert, God can make a waterway. And uh, I'm so thankful that, you know, you read through the book of Joshua and how many things God does for him. but there's one thing I want to I wanna get to. Knowing how great Joshua's life was with the Lord, there's a couple times he had some issues come up. And uh, I want to start reading there. So this is Joshua chapter 4. And... Uh, you pray for me. I, I just want to do what the Lord has us to do this morning, and I'm trying to wait on Him the best I can. Oh, I apologize. This is in chapter 6, verse 7. I'll lead you astray, I guess, this morning. But um, chapter 7, verse 7, and Joshua it says, and uh, this is after they had gone up to defeat somebody, and this was one of the battles they thought, wow, we've really, this one, we've got this in the bag. Uh, they, were, they were not the outnumbered party this time, and they thought they could really do something. It says, after they got defeated, it said, And Joshua said, alas, O Lord God, wherefore hast thou at all brought this people over Jordan to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us? He was asking a question. He said, Lord, have we done something wrong? It goes on, it says, uh, Would to God we had, we had been content and dwell on the other side of Jordan. O Lord, what shall I say when, Israel's, when Israel turneth their backs before their enemies? And you notice on the end of these, it's not a simple little thing he's saying. It's a punctuation mark. He's very concerned about this. This is, this is way down deep that Joshua's getting confronted about this. He's saddened. He's heartfelt. He's hurting. He's saying, God, why, why is this happening? Have you ever gotten that spot where you've had a real good time for a long time and God comes by and maybe something just doesn't work out quite right and you say, Lord, haven't I done everything you've asked? God, haven't I done it to the, to the John, to the tittle? Lord, what could I have done differently? You think about that. His heart was broken. He had punctuation marks after that. Not periods. It wasn't anything else. He was serious about what he was talking about with the Lord. If you get serious enough with God, He'll, he'll seriously talk back. And uh, I love when it goes on, it says, He said, For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land shall hear of it and shall environ us around. Basically saying to surround us. And he goes on and it says, over in that part it says, And cut off our name from the earth, and what wilt thou do unto thy great name? And the Lord said unto Joshua, Get thee up, wherefore liest thou, uh, thou us upon thy face? Israel hath sinned. And they have also trans, transgressed my covenant, which I command them. For they have even taken of the accursed thing, and have also stolen and disassembled also. And they have put it in every, in every, even among their own stuff. Therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turned their backs before their enemies 
Because they were accursed. And I want you to think about what this next, next little bit says. It says, Neither will I be with you anymore except you destroy the accursed from among you. And uh, what's taking place is when they, when they uh, went through Jericho, God worked a miracle there. God tore down the walls, leveled the place. They walked right through Jericho without a problem. Why? Because they followed the Lord. But God had a commandment. He said, he said I'm going to do this for you, but I don't want you to take any of the spoils from this place. Why? Because they're not what we want in our house. They're not things we want in our house. They're not things we want in our tents. They're not things we want our people having. I'll just put it that way. And uh, I think it's interesting to me because it said there was a family that took those things into their tent. And uh, when that family brought those things into their life, it destroyed their relationship with God. And by destroying their relationship with God, it destroyed their relationship with their people. And when it destroyed their relationship with their people, it made their people's life extremely hard. It, it made it so hard that they weren't winning anymore. And they were wondering, Joshua, their leader was wondering, what have we done? What has happened? God, I thought you were with us. I tell you what, you let a little thing into your life, it'll not only destroy you, but it'll destroy everyone you love. I'm so glad though. God is a, a wonderful God. He's a merciful God. He said, if you get it out of there, I'll be back with you. I'll strengthen you. And you read the rest of that book, and God is nothing but with them, folks. God's nothing but on Joshua and the Israelites' side. He helps them defeat one man after another. He establishes them. At the end of that book, it talks about how they got their portion of that land, how they got their territory, how they got to settle down. They had been in the wilderness for 40 years. They got to finally go home. They got a piece of the pie that, that God had promised them. Why? Because they followed the Lord. You, I tell you folks, the greatest thing that ever happened to me in my life was when one day everything was going right and God said, Son, you've got something inside of you that you've got to get rid of. He said, Son, you've got something inside of you that has no place in my home. And I, I'm telling you, folks, that cut me so deep. I felt kind of like Joshua. I thought, Lord, what have I done? Lord, what is it I can change? And you know what he said to me? He said, Jordan, I want you to just come as you are. He didn't ask for anything else. He just said, Jordan, come as you are. I'll get rid of it for you. And uh, when I did that, God saved my soul. He gave me an airship that I didn't deserve. When I got my name signed and sealed on that book of life, I didn't realize the benefits that came with it. I was just like Joshua. I was thinking, Lord, I'm willing to follow you. I'll step out for you. I tell you what, if you talk to Paul, if we could just get those men here, and we could just talk to them for a minute. I'm sure Paul and Matthew and Mark and all of them, Abraham, they'd all tell you the same thing. Boys and girls, if you stick with God, you'll live a good life. If you stick with God, you may not have everything that everybody else has, but you'll be happy. You'll find joy in your life. You'll find purpose in your life. How many of us go through our day to day and we say, man, I just don't know what I'm doing in life. I just don't know what's going on. I tell you what, you put God first, you'll find something to do. You'll find purpose for your life. You'll find an ability to talk to your people and your loved ones and help them and guide them. That is our job each and every one of us. I don't care who you are. You don't have to be a deacon. You don't have to be a pastor. My Bible tells me that those who follow, I will bless. And it tells me also that each and every one of us are the leaders of our own home. And what it's talking about is this man right here. It's not talking about my house over in Wapakoneta, but it's talking about this man right here. It is my job just as much as it's your job to make sure that your house is clean to make sure that when God passes by, He's got a place to stay a little while. He's got a place to come and dwell and sit with you from time to time. I'm so glad that when God cleaned this old house out, He didn't leave anything left. He got rid of all of it. You know, when God comes in and He saves you, He's not going to just save you for a moment. He's not going to just take hold just for a minute. He's going to be there forever. Why? Because if God were to save us and leave us, I would have no access to heaven. I wouldn't. 
Because without him, what do I have? I love the story of Jacob and Jacob's ladder. That depiction in that book, you go back and read that, it's a good story. That book doesn't, isn't talking about a real ladder, but it's talking about how Jesus Christ extends from down here to heaven, makes a way for me and you so that we have access to a better kingdom. If you want to live here and you want to dwell in life and you want to have all the things of this life and you don't want God, buddy, I pity you. Because all you're going to end up at the end of the day is the same thing everybody else has. A dead body laying up here at the front and nothing else going with you. But I tell you what the difference between some of us that are going to be laying in a casket up here and some of us that don't is the ones that do have Jesus in their heart. We'll be going on to a better place. Those who don't, the Bible tells me very, very simply, those who don't will die and lift their eyes in hell. You don't, we, we preach a heaven, but we also preach a hell. Why? Because that's what the Bible says. You go to churches sometimes nowadays, they'll, they'll let you feel as good as you want to feel. They'll leave whatever you want out. But I tell you what, here at Long Missionary Baptist Church, I'll tell you the truth. I'm not going to sit there and sugarcoat it. If you want to be saved, you'll go to heaven. If you don't, you'll go to hell. You'll lift your eyes there and live there for eternity. We're not talking a few years. We're not talking a few months. We're talking about eternity. And uh, I'm glad that when God saved me, He blessed me with eternity in heaven. He blessed me with eternity on the other side, Sean. I'm not worried about where I'm going. You know, I thought about uh, the other day when H's funeral was going, I thought about my grandpa. I thought, Lord, thank God I don't have to worry about where he went. Thank God I never worried about it. Though it hurt me that he was gone. Buddy, I'm so glad that I had joy knowing where he went. I, I didn't have to suffer about that. You know, there's been times I've wondered about folks that have passed away. I thought, God, I, I hope they had it. God, I wish they had it. They never showed any evidence. Buddy, show evidence in your life so your people know what's important. Show evidence in your life so that your children know what's important. Because I tell you what, if you don't teach them, you don't lead them, you don't guide them, who will? Nobody else is going to pick up that torch. That's your responsibility. I tell you what, just like it's your responsibility to get saved. It wasn't my mom and dad's responsibility to say, Jordan, now this is the time God's got set aside for you. You need to pray and get saved. That wasn't their job. What the job of me was to say, when God called them and said, Jordan, I need you to pray. It's my job to get down and say, I need to get saved. God, what do you need from me? What do you got for me? You know, that is, that's as clean and clear as I can put it this morning. Your job is your job. My job is my job. And their job is their job. Think about that this morning. How many of you are actually doing what God asked you to? How many of you are sitting there Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday, week after week saying, No, Lord, not right now. I tell you what, let me talk about that next book. Now, this is immediately right after Joshua and all those good years, all those good times. They go on to Judges, and what a mess it was. It was a mess, just to put it plainly. That book is up and down and everywhere that it ought not be. And uh, you say, preacher, what, what do you mean? What I'm getting at is, those people in Judges didn't follow the Lord. Those people in Judges didn't listen to what God had for them. They didn't listen when God called. And then generation after generation faltered and wavered and had issues. And all of a sudden, there'd be one that come up, they'd say, we're not going to live like this anymore. And they'd do right, and they'd do good for a while. And then the next generation that had saw all those other generations goofing off and making a fool of themselves, they got themselves in the same spot. And it was just continual for a while. And I want to read what that book says. It's just the last verse. If you want to turn to it, you can. It's uh, Judges. This is uh, right after the book of Joshua we were just in, if you want to turn over there. But last, last uh, chapter, verse 21, verse 25, it says, In those days there was no king in Israel. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. What a scary thing. 
I tell you what, you look around, uh, we've got a lot of that nowadays. We've got a lot of it. We've got a lot of folks that think, I know better. I can do this. I can. It's it. These folks, they don't know how I feel. That's a scary word right there, how I feel. Buddy, I tell you what, you want to feel, get close to God. God will make you feel in a way you've never felt before. God will give you love for somebody that you never had before. God will give you a, an encouragement about His, His Word that it just doesn't hit like anything else. It hits different. And uh, I was thinking about this uh, earlier today as I was kind of reading through it again and I thought, Lord, you know, everything that He's ever given me, I've never had an experience like it in anything else I've ever done in life. You know, I, I, I used to run around playing football and, you know, I'd go out there and I'd sling the ball around as the quarterback and, you know, I had a lot of people that encouraged me on those things. I was a pitcher on the baseball team and had a good time doing it. You know, I had, I've had nice cars and nice things and, you know, I'd look back and i think, man, what, what was it even worth, you know, sometimes? And then I think back to that time as a 15-year-old boy where God said, I want you to preach the gospel. And I said, Lord, I don't know about that. I don't know if I can do that. And he said, I'm not asking you to. He's like, I'm just asking you to be a mouthpiece. You know, the longer I preach, the more I realize, Jordan Martin don't preach. Get that clear. It's God that preaches. I'm just filling in for him. I'll tell you what, if you want to live a good life, if you want to be happy, if you want to feel on a whole nother level, you've got to get where God's at. You've got to not only be right where He's at, you can't be just a step behind, you can't be just almost there, you've got to be where He's at. I mean, you think about that last verse. I mean, what a, what a sad thing that was wrote down right there. I mean, look at that. It says, In those days there was no king in Israel. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. What a shame. What a shame. You say, why, why, preacher? Well, I tell you what, when you read through Joshua, what an inspiring book. What a great things that took place. Those people ruined that for them. They ruined it, not just for themselves. Don't get me wrong. They ruined it for their children, grandchildren, their friends, their family, their church. They ruined it for all those people. If you want to see your church do real well, you got to be the one doing real well. I'm, I'm, I'm just being honest this morning. If you want your church to do well, you got to be saved. If you want your house to do well, you got to be saved. If you want all the blessings that God has for you, you got to be willing to step out and say, God, here I am. What do you want from me? I'll be honest with you. I did that one time. God said, I want you to quit your job go get a new one. I said, Lord, I don't know about that. I said, I did, I'll be honest with you. I said, God, I don't know about that. I felt like some of them other men when God had asked them to do things, like Moses, when they, God asked him to lead those people, he said, Lord, I've, I've got a speech problem. I, I can't do that. Lord, I've got this going on. You know what? I tell you what, when I, when I finally quit that job and I went and got the one God had for me, man, what a blessing it was. You know what? I didn't make as much money, and you know what? I didn't care. I didn't. You can learn to live on whatever God gives you. I found that out. But I tell you what, you cannot live without God. If you put God last in your life, He will put you last in His. And you don't want to be last in God's eyes. Why? Because if you're last in God's eyes, you've lost all your strength and power. If you've got power today, it's because God gave it to you. If you've got blessings this morning, it's because God gave them to you. There's not a thing that you can go and grab yourself today all on your own that God hasn't given you. You think about it. When we go outside and we get in those vehicles, thank God He gave me a job that I can pay for that car so that I can drive my wife and little baby home in nice warm weather inside of that little coop. I tell you what, God's given us a lot of things. But most important, He's given me the salvation that dwells inside. He's given me the opportunity to go to heaven. He's given me an opportunity not only to see myself go there, but to help my loved ones go there. That I'm, they might see through me and you the lighthouse sitting on a hill, stretched out, beaming out to them, saying, Come, this is the way. This is where it's safe. This is where the coast is. Get off the water. 
Get off the water. You think about that. What a great opportunity to be able to serve God. That's all I feel like preaching on this morning. I feel like as far as I need to go, I'll ask Sean, get us a song though. And I'll ask you to stand this morning. I feel like giving a little bit of an invitation. I don't know everybody's heart and I don't know what you got going on in your life. Just like you don't know what's going on in mine. But I tell you what, the man that leads the service, my Lord and Savior, knows everything. He knows what's, what you're dealing with. He knows what your day-to-day life is. He knows the secrets that go on that nobody else knows. And I tell you, if He's asking you to come this morning, I'd say He's trying to help you. I've never one time God asked me to come up to this altar and it ever been something that hurt me, something that caused me great grief or pain. Every time God's ever asked me to come to the altar, it's always been rejuvenating. It was like getting out of a nice warm shower after a cold day of work. It just felt so good. It warmed me to the bones. Helped me out. I tell you what, you want to get to a good state, you've got to go where God is. You've got to go where Jesus is at. You've got to go to where their house is at. You cannot and will not be happy unless you do that. Look at the world today. You look at folks, they've got billions of dollars and they're still looking for more. They've got all the things in the world and they're still trying to find something that will fulfill the void. I tell you what, you get saved, you get in church, the void will fill. The void will take a a, a whole new shape for you. It'll be a nice little home that you can dwell in day to day. Where once there was a desert, you will find life. Go ahead and sing when you're ready. If anybody feels like God's speaking to them this morning, I ask you to come. I ask you to step out by faith. You don't have to know all about it. I didn't know all about it. Praise God, He's filled me in. But I tell you what, that little bit of faith will go a long, long way. And if you're willing to just step out on that little bit of faith, I tell you what, the payment for a little bit of faith is a whole lot more than what you'll ever expect. I don't know about the rest of you, but it didn't matter if it was the time I got saved. It didn't matter if it was the time where I asked the church to to make me a member. It didn't matter if it was when I got back in church. God has always blessed me by stepping out by faith just a little bit for Him. By coming to Him and saying, God, here I am. Here I am, Lord. That's all He asks of any of us. I mean, you look through the Bible. It's a bunch of men and women that really didn't add up to anything. I mean, you had Rahab. She was a harlot. You had the disciples. They they weren't much, really. When you go through and you look at Paul, he was killing people that were Christians. You go on the list, goes on and on. Abraham, he lied a few times. You've got, there's just so many people in the Bible that aren't any better than me or you. They were just common folks doing life just like we are, trying to survive, trying to make it, trying to do the best they could. And one day God showed up and He said, I know you're struggling right now, but let me help you thrive. You know, there's a difference in surviving and thriving. We've got a lot of folks in our church that are thriving. They may not have a lot to the natural eye, but buddy, they've got a whole lot on the inside. Something that makes sure that when they walk through their life day to day, that they're happy and joyous. Something that takes hold of them from time to time and gives them peace and comfort. But if you don't have that, you've got nothing. It's just a matter of fact. It's what the Bible teaches us. If you don't have that, you don't have anything. I was thinking a little bit about this. And uh, Lord, I didn't know if I'd get to say anything about it or not. But Lord's kind of impressed me this way. When me and Annie were getting ready to get married, I, I started studying a lot on marriage. I started studying a lot on what a husband should be and I, I tell you what, I, I felt like I wasn't going to add up. I thought, Lord, that's a, that's a whole other commitment right there. Uh, anybody that knows me knows that uh, marriage to me isn't what marriage is to the world. It's a covenant. I believe that's a, something between you, your wife, before God, that you're making a sealed, signed covenant that can't be broken. 
And I, I tell you what, I prayed. I thought, Lord, I want to make sure this woman's the right one for me. And uh, Lord, oh, she definitely is. I have no doubt about that. But uh, as I was studying on this, and this may seem peculiar to you, I, I got to the point where I kind of was reading some of these same scriptures. And Lord kind of had my thoughts in the same spot. And He said, Jordan, if you want a successful marriage, you've got to follow me. He said, son, look through Judges. He said, look through the New Testament. He said, look through the Old Testament. He said, the ones who prospered followed me. The ones whose family were blessed followed me. The ones whose wives and children were happy were the ones that followed me. If you don't, put God first. And you go out and you get married. I tell you what, marriage is tough all on its own. But I tell you what, if you don't have God in the mix of your marriage, it's more than likely to fail. It's just, a, it's just the way it is. You look at the stats today. Over 50% of people end up divorced. You know what? More than 50% of people don't go to church. More than 50% of people, they don't have what me and you have. I'm telling you, I, and I didn't know I'd get on this, but I'm telling you this morning, all aspects of your life have to be and must be pointing towards Christ. They have to be. And if they're not, it won't run. Anybody that knows anything about motors or cars or anything of that nature, you got one tire that's flat, you're not going too far. You got one cylinder in the engine that ain't running, it's not going to go too well. But I tell you what, when everything's firing like it should, everything's maintained like it should, it may look like a rust bucket on the outside, but I tell you, it'll get you to point A and point B. That's a good time. Not having to worry where whether you're going to make it. Not having to worry if where you're going is really where you're going to end up. I'll tell you this morning, somebody needs to move. I don't, I don't know your hearts, but I just feel so burdened this morning for somebody. say I appreciate your prayers. I appreciate you praying for me. And I tell you, if there's somebody that's just kind of sitting on the back, I pray that you'd talk to the Lord this afternoon. Hey, you know, we're going to be leaving here shortly, uh, but I pray that you'd try to find a quiet place where you can talk to the Lord. That's what I did. I, I left one Sunday night and I thought, this is behind me. And God got a hold of me that night. I was in my own bedroom. God can get to you anywhere. God's all over the place. God isn't just in the church house. You know, I, I love Blaine's. He said, I got saved on a dirt hill. I mean, <laughs> that just cracks me up. I mean, God has no bounds. So we're thankful to be here. We'll ask, I don't know, do we have any announcements or anything of that nature? Anybody? Well, it looks like Cassandra's got one. All right, so youth group next Sunday. Anything else? testimony and appreciation. Anybody else? Jordan, I just want to um, say I appreciate what you had to say today. I appreciate um, the parts that a lot of people, a lot
lot of churches don't appreciate when you talk about hell and you tell the truth. That's what I love about this church is they've always told me the truth. Whether or not I wanted to hear it, they've always told me it. And I'm thankful for that. Amen. That is it. Anybody else have anything? Well, be, uh, be in prayer for tonight's service. We'll appreciate it if you all come back, if you can, and we understand if you can't. But uh, remember us either way. Remember Cooper, I think he's taken care of next Sunday morning, if I'm not mistaken, so pray for him as well. Um, nobody else has anything. We'll ask those that aren't seated or aren't standing to stand, and we'll ask Solomon dismiss us in prayer.